today on From A to Ziggy. Hey DJ! Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Thomas. My name is Travis. And today we're talking about DJ, the 1979 single from the album Lodger. And we are, we're starting the D's. This is the first D's. First of the D's. D's nuts. Oh, God. That will get edited out, but I would have hated myself if no, I didn't take advantage. No, it won't. There <laughs> forever. forever posterity. Yeah, we're beginning a new letter. That's always exciting. Yeah. And this is a this is a hell of a way to kick off a letter. This is a great song. This is a great song. And I think the, uh, the UK charts bear out that opinion. It did reach number 29 as a single, the follow-up to Boys Keep Swinging, another song that we great song. talked about. Yeah, Lodger, man. Yeah, I have a special place in my heart for Lodger. It's such a great album. Um, very new wavy. It's kind of a nice introduction to what the 80s might sound like. It's really uh, kind of getting everyone primed for that new wave revolution. Well, it kind of goes along with that, with the new wave. You know, your, your blondies and your talking heads. But they hadn't really, like, broken through yet. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, I can imagine being, you know, if you're an artist, you're doing this music that's kind of a little weird, a little off-kilter, and then you hear David Bowie doing it, and you're just like, all right, David Bowie can do this. This just made it a little bit more legitimate. Yeah, this is David Bowie going along with the new wave before, say, Ashes to Ashes, where he totally co-opted that whole new romantics yeah. aesthetic. And yeah, I you know I meant to listen to this before we started recording. Someone somewhere, it was Perone, said in the words and music of David Bowie. He said that this song bears some semblance of uh, what was it a Talking Heads song in particular? Which one was it? You'll know this. Well, it's funny because when I was listening to this song, I was like, this sounds like it could be the Talking Heads. Life, so I'm not. Life during war life during wartime. Oh, that's a great song. Great, great song. So what, you you would know it if you heard it. It's one that this ain't no party, this ain't no disco. This okay, ain't yeah. Fooling around. Okay, yeah. yeah. I do know that song. Oh, great, great, great song. One of those songs where the title is not actually in the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It's got that same kind of uh, staccato chanting, off kilter chanting sort yeah. of feel to it. And it's got some of that great electric violin that he's got going at that same era. Mm. I'm oh god, I'm a sucker for late seventies Bowie. His electric violin and just. Yeah, this violin is played by uh, by Simon House, and we've got Bowie's solid uh, rhythm section of Dennis Davis and George Murray on drums and bass, and, uh, and there's some good pre-alternative, alternative sloppy soloing from Carlos Alomar. We got Carlos Alomar on rhythm guitar, and then we've got uh, Adrian Ballou. Uh, does the guitar solo. Oh. Which, uh, it's recorded and composited from multiple takes. So, think uh, Heroes, you know, the way that Visconti recorded, um, what was it, Peter Frampton? No, not Peter Frampton, but uh, the guy whose name is almost like Peter Frampton's. He has an F. Um, who does the guitar solo in Heroes? Siri. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I have Siri. I never think to use Siri. I'm really failing on the whole... I'm going to Google it, and then we're going to edit out the part where, I'm, where we're Googling and struggling. <laughs> right now, somebody is screaming at their phone slash 
media device. Amateurs. We 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 at from A to Ziggy don't purport to actually know anything about David Bowie. We just we just picked an artist at random. Fripp, Robert Fripp. Think about completely completely smooth cut. Think about Robert Fripp in Heroes. The way that that whole that guitar thing is is going all the way through. They just sort of overlaid all the multiple takes. We haven't talked about that yet, but here instead of overlaying all of it. We have a similar trick of doing multiple takes and compositing them, but instead it sort of shifts over from one to the other. And I think Adrian Ballou described it as it sounds kind of like you're, you're switching the channels on the radio, and there's a different yeah. guitar solo playing on each channel. DJ. DJ. Um, talking about that time-honored profession, the musical disc jockey, and this was still when uh, they were kind of more revered. Um, the idea of developing this relationship with the voice over your radio that says, hey man, you would probably dig this song, and I'm going to play this song for you. Um, which I kind of fall into that, I fall into that camp a little bit more. Um, as easy it is to kind of write off DJs as just a tool, you know, a marketing tool for some big music conglomerate. And there's something I, I've always found satisfying about, you know, discovering something through the radio. The, the whole curation and dissemination of cool music. What's cool? Yeah. It's a dying thing. Because I think a lot of people, you know, you, you kind of hear the radio tends to be more background now. And maybe you'll stumble across something that you'd already heard about on Twitter or whatever. I, I don't really know how kids listen to music these days. I know most of it's on the computers. Yeah. Um... Don't let it become some background noise. Yeah. A backdrop for the girls and boys <laughs> who just don't know or just don't care. Radio. Radio. Queen. Radio Gaga. Another great song about, about this, this whole thing. You've had your time. You've had the power. You've yet to have your finest hour. Radio. Radio. And DJs. DJs, the curators of cool. Uh, which is what this song's kind of about. Uh, or is it? So we start with our hero. He's arriving home. Lost his job. Lost his job. Is incurably ill. And he, he, has, he has complaints about how easy people think this is, this realism. And suggests that he's got a girl out there, he supposes. He thinks she might be dancing. But what does he know, really? Now, do you think, what do you, th what do you make of this? Is this, is this the tale of, a, of, a, of an actual DJ? Has he got a girl out there that's, say, left home? Or is he making it up? Does he imagine that one of his audience, if anyone's listening at all, is a beautiful girl dancing? I think it maybe is the latter. You think it's real? You think he's an actual DJ? Oh, no, you think he's imagining? Oh, I think he's an actual DJ, but he's imagining this mythical woman he's making a connection with through the music he's playing. Mm -hmm. Or is it that he's literally at home, sitting in the dark, and yearning for some human connection, supposing that perhaps you know, he maybe turns on the stereo and just sort of imagines, flips through his records and imagines that he's, he's got someone to share this with. Really, he's just sort of sitting alone and listening to his records for about the umpteenth hundredth time. That in no way, shape, or form hits close to home. At all, in any way. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I think we talked, was it last? We talked during Cracked Actor about Rob Sheffield's book. And if you haven't checked this one out yet, 
Travis. It is very high on my list. I remember when it came out, and there was a little write-up about it in Rolling Stone. And, and listener, if you haven't checked this out, do. Rob Please. Sheffield's a great writer. He's very conversational. He just feels like you're just listening to someone who's got really fascinating opinions on music. And it doesn't bog you down in a lot of theory. He, he brings out the emotion of being the music fan very well. Yeah, the book I've is... I loved about him. The book is very personal and very experiential. Well, I heard, so this was basically his way of coping with the passing of Bowie, was he basically just like holed up in his apartment. It's a book-length eulogy. cranked out this book. Yeah, it's not a biography, and it's not a, you know, listening guide. It's his own sort of experience with Bowie. And there's an entire chapter devoted to the song DJ. You know, the experience of a young, of a teenager listening to the radio becoming familiar with the DJs and that whole personality cult, yeah. sharing this experience with all the other listeners out there in Radioland. And speaking of hitting it, hitting close to home, you reminded me of this. There's, there's a section in here where he, I, I'll try not to quote it too much. She says, we don't think of radio DJs the same way that we did back in 1979, but the technology has sort of evolved so that we, we tune into different kinds of things. Different, different curators of cool, uh, in particular, social media. So just change, he says, change the uh, hook, I've got believers, to I've got followers. Mm-hmm. And you've got the DJ sitting alone in the dark, addicted to pitiful jolts of validation from random and probably imaginary strangers he'll never meet. It can do a number on the brain. This tune was years ahead of his time. That's the quote from this. So... Yeah, really, really hits close to home. Yeah. As I sit on Twitter. Well, so I actually, I did have... And carefully curating my personality <laughs> online. I had something of like a Twitter... It's the best word I can look for. Like, like a Twitter relationship almost with this radio station I used to listen to when I lived in Providence. WBRU. And I, will rem- I need to remember to put a shout out to them when this comes out. So I had this job where I... Spends a lot of time driving kids to school, basically. I work for this before and after school program, drop them off, pick them up, and then do stuff at this place in between. Um, describe it in a way that sounds less uh, less gross. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was like a community center kind of thing. We picked them up. You drive around in your windowless van. In my windowless van. No, my van had windows, <laughs> but it was a van. It was like a YMCA kind of thing, but it wasn't the YMCA. And to pass the time, I got really hooked on WBRU and uh, WHJY, which is the classic rock station. But I got really hooked on BRU, and I started to kind of love new music again. Because I would kind of fallen into this, like, curmudgeonly thing that everyone, when they're over the age of 25, gets to. Where they're like, nothing after this year is any good. But I started listening to BRU more, and I started kind of discovering these new bands that I began to enjoy. Like... Sleeper Agent, Portugal the Man, uh, Young the Giant, Passion Pit, these newer alternative bands. And I found them on social media. And there were times where like, I'd be sitting waiting for kids to get out of school and be like, oh man, you just played this Sleeper Agent song right after this Nirvana song, right after this 311 song. And it totally made my day. And it kind of got to the point because this job was such drudgery and I hated my boss and the kids were a nightmare where like I'd come home from work and... 
my roommates would be like, oh, how was your day? I'd be like, great. I heard this song, and then I heard this song, and then I heard this song, and I skipped all the commercials, and I got to hear this song. And it was just like, it kind of brought me back to being 13 again, and just being glued to the radio and wanting to make mixtapes off the radio all the time. And, you know, I was sitting in my room for hours because there was this one primal scream song that I really needed for this mixtape. Otherwise, a mixtape would be total rubbish if I didn't have it. And it was like, it really just, it made me very happy in what was an otherwise crappy time in my life. Just kind of like developing this relationship with the radio again. And then also feeling like, oh man, get off my lawn thinking like, oh, you kids these days will never have, you'll never appreciate this feeling of waiting to hear this song that you love and hoping that the DJ is going to come through for you and be like, oh, I'm turning it on at this time. This DJ's on and this DJ usually plays this stuff and this DJ usually <laughs> plays this stuff. And yeah, I'm a bit of a romantic when it comes to the radio. It's that experience of waiting, you know, two or three hours for these three minutes of bliss. Oh, sure. Whereas um, now you can just go to YouTube or you... Yeah. And then another thing that uh, from the song that took me back to my well, my younger years and enjoying radio in the chorus, me saying, I am the DJ, I am what I play. And I'm sure this is still very much the case, but it's the idea of you are what you listen to and you are what you play. Identifying on an existential level yeah. with the content, content of, your, of this ritual. Yeah. So when I was in middle school, there was the two alt-rock stations. There was uh, 99.7 The Edge out of Providence, and there was 98.7 Z-Rock out of New London. Neither of those stations exist anymore. And that was where like, the, the, the alt-rock kids listened to those stations. And then there was Q105, which was the pop station. And me and my friends who liked... Z-Rock and The Edge had no time for the, like, lame pop kids that listened to Q105. I had no no use for them and their Meredith Bainbridge and Backstreet Boys or whatever they were listening to. And there was this, like, constant struggle between The, uh, the Edge and Z-Rock kids and the Q105 kids. And we were just all very entrenched in our camps. Hmm. And then there was like this feeling, uh, I remember I had some friends that were part of our alt-rock crowd and one of them bought a LaBouche CD. Who, uh, it was like this dance pop duo. Of course, now I'm blanking on what they quote-unquote sang. But I remember this feeling of betrayal that like my friend that listened to um, like the toadies with me in <laughs> Silverchair was listening to LaBouche. And I just like, it was like, you, you freaking traitor. How dare you, sir? But yeah, there was like this finding this identity with, with the radio stations that you listen to. And then kind of hating certain songs by Bush because Bush was on Q105. Like there were some Bush so songs if, I liked, but I was like, I, I hated Glycerine because that was the one that because it came on the, because it came on the station that you didn't identify with. Yeah, it was just so corny and poppy, and I just wanted no part of it. So there, there were these two factions. It seems almost West Side Story. Yeah, and it like it would come to a head almost at dances. Like yeah, me and my friends, we would go and uh, you stand on opposite sides of the. Oh, yeah. Dance floor? And we'd go, like, and just, like, jam up the DJ's request list because he'd, like, put the piece of paper out. And we would just, like, just load it up with Nirvana and Soundgarden and whatever. And then, and then when they would come on, we would start mosh pits while the pop kids were just like, mm, how dare they? This is ridiculous. This is a dance. That's not dancing. And then the pop song comes on, you'd stand on in your corner and yeah, you'd, like, like, glare at them? Yeah. You know, have my hair over my eyes, just like staring at them, like, oh, you guys are lame." Oh man, I just imagined. 
I imagine the perfect ending to a night like this where you just like you find like the one song that crosses over between the two <laughs> and you have a dance contest between yes. everybody. I wish that had happened. God, I wish that had happened. Yeah, so this song conjured up a lot of feelings for me. A lot of really good warm feelings. It's a fun song. It's a really fun song. DJ, you may or may not know, are the actual initials of David Jones, his given name. DJ, also the initials of Davy Jones from the Monkees, mm. who, of course, sang the song, I'm a Believer. Oh, how did I not put that together? Was that, like, kind of a, kind I, of a dig? I, I, I wonder. It makes me wonder. I don't know. I just took it at face value, just kind of like... Because here's... Taking a little, a little jab at the cult of personality with DJs. I always felt that Bowie might have had a little bit of resentment for... Although he got the cooler name out of the deal. Mm-hmm. But for having to change his name because Davy Jones got, yeah. got, there, got on the scene first. I always felt like he maybe harbored a little bit of resentment. And there are those digs in the Tin Machine song. What was it? Uh, a Big Hurt. Where he's got I'm, I'm a Believer and Stepping Stone and all that stuff is in there. And I wonder if, if he's saying, Davy Jones, you are a believer. But me, the real DJ, David Jones, I've got believers believing in me. I'm sort of superior. God, that's badass if that's true. I hope that... At least on some levels, what he was doing. Even though I kind of love the monkeys. That's my David Bowie fan theory. I like it. Also, David Bowie is Snoke in episode eight. There's <laughs> 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 a great video for this song. There is a great... Yes! Yes! I, it's funny, because you tend to forget that... Cause this was, what, a couple years before MTV was a thing. Um... And people, I think, like to think, oh, MTV invented the music video or something. But, you know, Bowie had... This is the second song I can think of that was predating MTV where he had, like, a promo video for... I mean, there's other ones, but we haven't gotten to them yet. What else? There's... We've covered something from uh, from Love You Till Tuesday. Chingling had a video. Uh, the one I'm picturing, I wish I could remember what song it was. It's basically a Hammond alone in a white room playing guitar... Uh, Be My Wife. Be My Wife. I bet that's the one I'm thinking of. Yep, that came before this. There was a video for Heroes, which was kind of the opposite, in, in, a, in a black room. There's uh, Boys Keep Swinging had a video. So it was definitely yeah. a thing, in the, and, and that's kind of why, when MTV came out, why Bowie kind of became one of the one of the artists that was getting a lot of recognition Yeah. MTV. Oh, other thing I wanted to mention with this song. As a tie-in, uh, when this song came out... BBC Radio had David Bowie come on and be a DJ <laughs> and program a couple hours. And a lot of it, you know, it's the stuff, things you would expect from David Bowie. There was some Iggy Pop, some John Lennon, some Philip Glass, Velvet Underground. Oh, question mark and the Mysterians. Stones, Roxy Music, Springsteen. Oh, that Philip Glass one is from uh, Einstein on the Beach, by the way crazy crazy thing that's and it's a i think that's the one with the spaceship and i also found appropriately it very, enough very appropriate that he he did play some some talking heads um some mark bolan some mark bolan boy good one um bob seeger which one uh beautiful loser i don't know that one you would definitely know it if you heard it i think okay it's a classic rock station uh I know, staple i know beck's loser yeah it's a beautiful song it is a beautiful song um, that's a really cool way to get a, you know, kind of a view into an artist's mind. 
Hmm. Um, and it was a, it was a very clever tie-in for the for BBC to do at that time. Like, oh, he's got a song called DJ, so let's let him DJ. Much later, in 2003, Vanity Fair had this uh, list of LPs that Bowie sort of picked out and picked out some of his favorites. He sort of he left out some of the obvious ones like Sgt. Pepper's and uh, Nirvana, he said. And tried to pick out some things that were, that were a little bit different. He put in some Steve Reich, some Little Richard. What else? Some interesting things. Jacques Brel is alive and well and living in Paris, the cast. Oh, Toots recording. and the Maytals, huh? What's that? Toots and the Maytals. Harry Parch, back to Beck. Beck did a big tribute to Harry Parch later. Charles Mingus, Igor Stravinsky's Le Sac de Proton. Some Sid Barrett and some Velvet Underground, of course. There's, yeah, there's a, so there's a cool list of the top 25 albums. He says, in no particular order, 25 albums that could change your reputation. Thank you, David Bowie. <laughs> Listen to those and read his... Uh, 100 essential books as well. There's a great podcast that's covering the book list that Bowie came out that's with. That's amazing. A while ago. They're reading each book and doing an episode on the book uh, every week or month or whatever it is. The Bowie Book Club. That's an excellent podcast that I've just tuned into recently. The, uh, what do you call it again? Albums to make people think you're cool? Yeah, that, that'll change your reputation. Yeah. Hey, that's the thing I hate the most about music going digital. Is that was one of my favorite things is going to someone's house and just like looking at their CD collection and looking at their record collection and getting an idea of and like quietly who this judging them. Yeah, oh yeah. But I also find myself, you know, if we have people over and be like, hey, why don't you go and uh, why don't you go pick out some records? See if there's anything you want to listen to. So people will be like right through and be like, oh man, I can't believe you have that. That's so awesome. So I can feel really cool. And that's the greatest feeling, right? Oh, it's so gratifying. I like to think if if you can't find something that you want to listen to in a record collection, you you don't like music. Hmm. It's a little something for everyone. So yeah, it's it, that's the thing that's lost in the digital revolution. Hmm. Judging people based on the content content of their record collection. It's not the same just going through your iTunes or yeah. your, your your music library. Yeah, anyone can download anything. Yeah, there's something more real. There's something more more devoted. Yeah. You walked up to a cashier with that in your hand and wanted them to know that you were going to listen to that at some point. Why don't we move on to ratings? Yes, we should radio. Yeah, this is this is the kind of thing. I could go on for a good solid three hours talking about radio and buying music. This song's awesome. This is one of those songs where I find it, not, find it hard to not just sit here and fanboy and just talk about how great this song is. It's late 70s Bowie at his finest. It's weird, but easily digestible and poppy I think I'm gonna give this a five I'm gonna give this song five believers yeah just a really fun song god damn it Lodger's a great album mm. um yeah just a really fun poppy accessible weird new wavy song yeah I agree this is a great song from one one of my favorite Bowie albums and this was this was kind of the song that got me to choose this as I was flipping through the CD rack at wherever it was um, on White Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts, that got me to pick this one over uh, this album over some over something else. Was it another Bowie album, or was it like... over and over another Bowie album? So uh, it was this and Diamond Dogs, and those were my first Bowie album purchases because I knew DJ and I liked DJ. Uh, so for that reason, since 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 I like this album so much, uh, also a five five believers uh, believing me as well. Yeah, great song. 
everything you said. Ditto. Ditto. Um, Seemsies. That's all the time we've got for uh, for this one. But you know what they say: time flies when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. But like any any good DJ can do, any DJ worth his salt is gonna have you dancing. Sometimes in the most inappropriate of places, on the highway, on a boulevard, a parkway. In the train stations, on the rails of the trains, in the rights of way. Perhaps on a cul-de-sac somewhere. You'll be dancing. Dancing in the street. Dancing in the street. Next time, that's what we're going to talk about. Get excited, folks. This is another really popular Bowie song. We're gonna. I, yeah. I almost said iconic, but then I stopped myself. Um, yeah, next time, we're going to talk about uh, dancing in the streets. But not unlike these DJs, you can contact us. Through the Twitters, through the Facebooks, through the emails from A to Ziggy. Podcast at from A to Ziggy.com is the email address. Uh, you can subscribe and listen via iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. You can uh, leave us a kind, some kind words and a review and a rating on any of those fine platforms. You can also subscribe through RSS feeds, folks, if you're not committed to one of those proprietary formats. We're friendly to all electronic devices. What else am I trying to say in this rambling outro? Um, we're everywhere, and you should be too. You should tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to check out this this, uh, this year podcast. Uh, yeah, word of mouth helps. Until next time, uh, when we'll be dancing in the streets. My name's Thomas. My name's Travis. See you all later out there in Radioland. Uh, yeah, Be My Lover. That, I think that was the popular one. And then 100% yeah. Pure Love, was that them? Or was that some... No, that was Crystal Waters, Now that I, which I hate myself for knowing that offhand. <laughs> <laughs>